0: My name is Kirk Graham. I'm the campus pastor of River Valley, Minneapolis, along with my wife, Kaylee, and our daughter, Adley, who's up in the kids' church uh, today. And uh, we just have the honor and the privilege to be with you guys every single week and worship alongside of you, to serve with you guys uh, in, in the hopes of reaching the city. But we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for our leadership. And so I don't get a lot of uh, opportunities to, to communicate live to you because we listen to our lead pastor and our executive pastor. But those are the people that had the vision to start this campus. Pastor Rob and Becca, they, they started this church 20 years ago. And, and so I just want to give honor to where honor is due. Uh, pastor Rob and Becca are gone, but, but, but who is here today is our executive pastor, Pastor Darren and Jane Polley. Can you guys give it up for them and the vision that they've had to start this campus? We would not be here without them. Yeah, we wouldn't be here uh, without you guys. So thanks for all you do. We love you. Uh, thanks for your leadership. It's Valentine's Day. You guys happy about it? So you guys like, man, why well, you got to bring that up? Uh, single people, lift your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody get a good look around. We got plenty of time after service. You can go go, uh, uh, go grab lunch. and to get... Today's your day. Don't be gloomy about it. Today could be your day. Come on. Yeah, amen. Can I get some amens? We got some single people. Uh, it's great. I'm excited to preach on Valentine's Day. And uh, we're, again, like I said, we're in the series, the Go series, exploring God's commission and exploring God's heart. And we've talked about a bunch of different things. We've talked about uh, God's heart for the world. Uh, we've talked about the, the, the mission of the global church. We've talked about the mission of River Valley Church. And uh, today we get the opportunity to talk about the mission of our campus, River Valley, Minneapolis. What are we doing here? Why are we here? Did we start this campus just to, so we could check it off the list? Hey, we got church in the bar. That's cool. We got suburbs and now we got church in the bar. No way. We're, we're here on mission, but what is that today? And that's what I get to share about. And so if you have your Bible, you can go to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. I was going to read it uh, in my paper Bible, but during the first service, I think there was like a wind of the spirit or something happening because my my pages were flipping. So I'm just going to read it on my laptop here. Uh, in the New King James version. And this is, uh, this, Luke is one of the, the gospels. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the accounts of Jesus, uh, and detailing his life. And Jesus was going from town to town, doing miracles, preaching, uh, 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 just God's love, the gospel message that, that God, the kingdom is now and uh, when, we, when we catch up in Luke 10 here, uh, he, he was being tested and it, Jesus was always getting tested by these scholars and religious leaders and uh, in this case, it's a lawyer and so I'm just going to read starting at verse 25 and uh, it says, "...and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law and what is your reading of it? What a great answer." I think too many people have rejected the gospel and re- rejected Jesus because uh, they, they they didn't like what was taught to them and they didn't like uh, how it was taught to them. And I think we need to be people that, that actually on our own, look into the scripture, look into the word of God, look, your eternity is, is your responsibility and you cannot save yourself, but we know a God who can save you. And so don't, don't, Don't walk out of here and say, well, I didn't like what Kirk said or I didn't like his tone. He had an attitude. Well, listen, just look in the Bible on your own and you will find God's truth and his love and his mercy and his grace. It is a good gospel. The gospel means good news. And so uh, I'm just gonna continue. What a great response by Jesus. So the lawyer then answered, said, well, this is what I've read. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said to him, you've answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself and said to Jesus, "Who is my neighbor?" So he's like, well, "I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, that I answer rightly. But who is my neighbor? Who are you talking about? Do, do you mean everybody? Everybody on the planet? Or can I love my people? Can I love the people that that uh, you know I get along with well? That I you know, is it my my next door neighbor? Like just my next door neighbors? Am I good there?" He's trying to find a loophole in this whole situation. And uh, so Jesus, instead of answering that question, "Who is my neighbor?", he tells a story, which Jesus does all the time in the Gospels, and we call them parables. So he goes into this story. And he says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, and this is where I want to stop, Samaritan, you guys have heard, this is the story of the good Samaritan. And today, in our context, we believe that Samaritans, they're good people. But when Jesus was telling this story, actually to the Jews, the Samaritans were like enemies. They were scum of the earth. They were despised people. Jesus could not have used a a worse person to be the hero of this story to that lawyer. He's thinking, wait, the Samaritan, so so it goes on, The, the Samaritan uh, stopped by as he journeyed and came where this beaten down half dead man was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day he departed, Uh, he took out two denarii, two days wages, gave them to the innkeeper, and he said to him, take care of him and whatever you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Today, I, I wanna preach a message. If you're taking notes, You can write this down today. I want to preach a message called no loopholes in love. Can we pray together? Jesus, we thank you for just what you're doing at this campus. Your presence has been just incredible during worship. We sense you here with us. I thank you that you are all around. But God, even when we were singing about miracles, God, I'm asking today that you would do the miraculous. God, we prayed for those needs and we are believing that testimonies will come out of today of of your miraculous power, Father. I pray that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, have your way. I just pray that the people hearing my voice today would just listen with open hearts, ready for whatever you have for them. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. Amen. Uh, I wasn't a very good student in school growing up, and uh, I'm not um, studious or other smart words like that. Uh I don't know if there's anybody here that was like me, but I, I was, because of that, because I wasn't naturally a gifted student, I uh, wasn't on the dean's list, I uh, wasn't the teacher's pet, I, like, I, I, I wasn't that person, I had to find loopholes, I had to find shortcuts to even make it through, to graduate high school, I had to find loopholes, and so I was always looking for loopholes, and, and I think there's some people here today that are maybe a little bit like me, and uh, you were in math class, and you got 40 problems uh, for homework, you gotta go home, you gotta do 40 problems out of your book, and how many know, Half of the answers are in the back of the book. And so you write down all the answers, the even answers. And if I can get the 20, uh, the twenty, then I'm pretty sure I'm good on the other 20. And so I'm just going to do that. I'm finding loopholes. Anybody else finding loopholes? Listen, you don't have to confess your sin right now, but I am. Just It's good for the soul. You know my problems. Uh, uh, physical ed. Uh, when it was the mile day, everybody run, run the mile in, in gym class. The worst day. Worst day of the year. Had to be the worst day of the year. Listen, you're awkward as a kid. You just got out of lunch. You ate too much. And, and you're real nervous about you know running, running this thing i don 't know if i 'm making it so i 'd get the lay of the land i got to take four laps around uh, around this field this massive field i 'm trying to see what corners I can cut i 'm keeping my eyes on the teacher like whenever she 's not looking if I can jet across the field uh, to shorten the length of this because i 'm not a runner I, like I, 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 I was a sprinter in seventh grade and I sprinted one race and I pulled my groin in in the hundred meter dash i wasn 't even going to share that, but now you know. I'm not a runner, so I had to find a loophole. And uh, and, and the last one, English class, everybody here has done this. If they don't specify the spacing of your papers, I'm doing double space. I'm going to do 18 point font. I'm going to do three spaces after every period. I'm, I, this is just me. I'm trying to find a loophole. And this is what we do as humans. We've, we try to find loopholes. What's the least amount I can do just to get by? And, and that, that's what this guy's doing. The lawyer, he's going, but, but who is my neighbor? Who are you talking about? Uh, is it just my people? Can I just love my people? Can I just serve my people? The people that are, are, are easy to serve. And Jesus tells this story, but the point of the story is, is and this is my first point. Your people, you specifically, not you collectively, you specifically, your people are all people. Your people are all people, every single person that God puts in front of you in your path, you are called to love them, to serve them, to give them grace, to show them the love of Jesus. You have an opportunity to do that. I used to think uh, that, that everybody's got a specific reach. Everybody has gifts that God's given them and naturally they're going to be able to reach those types of people that they can relate with and that they can uh, resonate with and the chemistry's good and, and, and so those are, and then you've been, given, you've been given other gifts and you can reach different people and together we'll reach the world and that's awesome and that's a good thought and that is how it works naturally and God uses people in those ways but I thank God that we don't serve a natural God we serve a supernatural God and our reach extends beyond our race our reach extends beyond our the, the religion our reach uh, extends beyond our resource and, and our rapport that we build in the relationship and even our reasoning our reach goes beyond all of these different things your people are all people Paul in the in the Bible he said uh, I've become all things to all men I have, I've become all things to all men. Not we have become all things to all men and we do it together, I have. And in 1 Corinthians 9, I'm gonna read in the message translation, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, it, it's verses 19 through 23, it says, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. I have become a servant to any and all to reach, reach a wide range of people. And these are the people, one person reaching religious people, non-religious people, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life, but I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did it all because of the message. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. You are called to reach everybody, every person that God puts in front of you in this life, whatever meeting you're going to, whatever room you walk into, Wherever you live, whoever your roommates are, the people that got, whether they're like you, whether they look like you, whether they have same taste and style and, and, and hobbies, that, that stuff doesn't matter. You have the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to reach people. Acts 1 8 says, Go out by the power of the Holy Spirit and reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. He, he didn't say Jerusalem will take care of itself if you guys just do that, and uh, Judea, they'll get themselves, and the ends of the world, they'll just, they'll, they'll get, they'll figure it out. Uh, no, no, he said, You go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. We are called to go all places. Wherever this life leads you, the people that are in front of you, you are called to reach. And maybe you're here today and you go, Well, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my 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 life the pain that I've gone through. And you don't understand my weaknesses. And and I just gave my life to Jesus. How can I be used? Or I'm still living in, in, in sin. How can how can God use me? Well, this guy, Paul, who, who the Bible talks about, I become all things to all men, Paul was a a murderer. He was murdering Christians. It doesn't get worse than that. Yet God used him to be arguably one of the greatest church planners of all time, arguably one of the greatest missionaries of all time. And God used him to write about half of the New Testament. This guy can be used. The Bible is chock full of people that were broken, hurting. They were weak. They, 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 they were not qualified. Yet God used them to do things beyond themselves in the natural. You can be used. Right when we start thinking, yeah, but you don't know my story. We start to list the things that that we don't have. And I want to say, point number two, I only got two points today. The first point is your people are all people. And the second point is, when it comes to serving others, following Jesus, loving everybody in our path, don't list your lack, go in grace. Don't list what you don't have. Go in grace. Second Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. And I've seen that in my own life. And I know there's stories here where you've seen God use you, even though you didn't deserve the platform, even though you didn't, you weren't prepared really for the opportunity, but somehow God used you. Somehow God spoke through you. That is our God. That's How he works. My my daughter, she's 13 months old, and I was watching her uh, a few few months ago, and uh, she started choking on something. And this is like a parent's worst nightmare. And it was the first time it's ever happened. She's our first daughter. She started choking on something, and when you see the panic in your daughter's eyes, uh, she can't breathe, and and I'm freaking out. I'm there by myself. I don't sit there, and, and, and this would be terrible parenting, by the way. And I'm not a perfect parent, but I don't sit there and go, "Well, I'm not a doctor." I, I, I don't have the resources. I haven't been properly trained to do the Heimlich on infants. I don't know. No, you just you just go and, and you help and, and whatever it takes to get to dislodge this thing out of my daughter's throat, I'm gonna do. Praise God she's alive today. But listen, when we see when we see people bleeding out, we don't we don't list the the things we don't have. We stop the bleeding. And there are people walking through this city that are hurting. And if we could see uh, somehow, if we could feel what people are feeling, if we could see what people are dealing with on the inside, it's not just externally. We're pretty good at 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 covering up all the things that we're dealing with. We're pretty good with posting the right thing on social media and writing up. A book underneath it about how awesome our lives are. But listen, people are in this city, this city, not around the world. People are in this city, broken, hurting, uh, alone, doubting, depressed. They're, they're, they're anxious. They're, they're worried. And we have the answer. It's not about your lack. It's about the fact that his grace will be sufficient for you. Jesus uses this bad guy, the Samaritan, this despised man, it should have been the priest that helped this guy that was on the road, the traveler that had gotten beat up. It should have been him. It should have been the Levite, but certainly not the Samaritan. But Jesus uses this guy in the story, the bad guy, to actually do something powerfully. I, I, I love that. You, you're here today, and you go, you don't know my story. Listen, listen. If I can be used by God, you can be used by God. Because we're all broken people. I love I love just leveling the playing field. We're all on the same page here. We were all dead before Christ. We we're all in need of a Savior. And today, we stand. We have air in our lungs because of Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, the band's going to come back uh, right now or whenever they make their way, but... um. Today is an opportunity to share the mission of River Valley, Minneapolis, and to pray for this city. And um, I know maybe sometimes we feel like it's not like the cool thing to do, to like pray. And I don't know how we got there, where we think um, our prayer is less effective than our invites or sharing our faith or something like that. If anything, it's more effective. I, I don't know. It goes hand in hand and it's a balance, and we need to be people. I don't care if you look at me and say, Well, you, like, young people, you guys get a pass and it'll be the older generation that prays. No, 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 no. We need to be a generation that are uh, people of prayer that are praying for the city. And I want you to know that as your campus pastor, I am praying day in and day out for the city. We are not here for, for a small thing. Why did we come here? Why are we in this city? We are here to reach every single person in this city every corner of this city until everybody hears about the love of Jesus, until everybody sees what God is doing through this church and the other incredible churches that are in this city. We will not stop until all have heard. And so, in the middle of a message, I would like to take a moment to pray for this city. Is that okay? Is that weird? Uh, Great, because I'm going to do it anyways. I want to pray for this city. I want to take just a quick moment and pray for the people in this city that are walking around hurt broken hopeless and we have the answer and our prayers are powerful our prayers make a difference and so please if you call this campus your home and if you want to be a part of this mission a lot of you guys are leaders a lot of you guys serve a lot of you guys are a part of this saying hey we want to reach this city please right now pray with me you can lift your voice you can agree with me but just let's pray in agreement for the city ready one, two, three, go. Jesus, we just pray right now for this city. We pray for every neighborhood, for every district in this city. You know every soul that is in the city of Minneapolis, God, and we are asking that everyone would hear. Everyone would come to know that you are god not a God that is waiting to drop the hammer on people, but you are a God full of love, full of grace, waiting with arms wide open, but not even waiting. You are pursuing lost people, God. And I pray that that heart, that same heart will live inside of us. Jesus, every district, we pray for Southwest Minneapolis. Lord, we pray for Nicollet. We pray for Longfellow. We pray for Phillips and Powderhorn, God. We pray for Calhoun Isles. Jesus, we pray for Near North and Camden and Northeast and University, God. We pray for the district that we are in right now, for the Central District. We pray for Downtown West. We pray for Downtown East. We pray for Elliott Park and Loring Park and Stevens Square. We pray for the North Loop, Jesus. Would you move in this city? Would you draw people onto yourself? We cannot sit silent. We cannot hold back. God, we are here. Our mission is to spread your love, the good news of Jesus Christ, that you are a God, that all, all you want to do is hold people in your arms and let them know it's going to be okay. Don't worry. Whatever your need is, whether it's a big need or a small need, it's going to be okay because, God, you are there. You are waiting for them. You are ready. I pray that people would walk out of here on Sunday. It wouldn't just be a cool gathering spot where people come together and just worship and then then go off and do their own thing. But it would be a place where we are built up to go out and be light in the dark. I pray for less Christians that are afraid of the dark. I pray that we would go into places with boldness and courage. People, people are not looking for cool lights and loud music. People are looking for an undeniable spiritual experience that, that there's, they cannot explain it. They are hungry for that and I pray that they would find it only in you, Jesus. I pray for the people that are walking around this city right now that do not know you and they are lacking their purpose. They are lacking their destiny. I pray that they would come to know through the people that are in this room that their purpose can only be found in you, only in you. Their passion, their destiny, the thing that they were created for can only be found in you, Jesus. We pray for every nook and cranny, every corner, even the places we don't know of, we don't see, The people in hiding, God, we pray that they would come out and know you. The Bible says, lift high the cross of Christ, and you will draw people unto yourself. So that's what our goal is through our life groups and through weekend services. Through everything we do, our goal is to lift high the cross of Christ as a symbol of hope, a beacon of hope, that lost people would come to know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. That's our mission but why is it our mission why is it our mission it's because right now just like the traveler who was stripped of his clothes and and beaten and left half dead he was robbed there are people walking through this city right now hurting broken feeling like they've been robbed of their joy robbed of their dignity robbed of their passion and their dreams people right now that are walking around feeling like they're half dead half alive and they don't know the answer they're searching every single place but we have the answer we could just give our lives to jesus and then and then go up to heaven as soon as we do that but no why are we here why are we here on this planet it's to reach more people that is the mission of river valley minneapolis last weekend we had 492 people at this campus absolutely incredible yeah it's worth celebrating in the midst of churches that are declining for some reason people are being drawn to this place but 492 compared to the 400,000 that call this city their home, we've got a lot of work to do, and we are just getting started, and so if this is your first Sunday, don't worry, you're right on time, we are just getting started this is the beginning, since we've started 19 weeks ago, this is our 19th Sunday, we've seen 126 people give their lives to Jesus, but we've got thousands more to go, we've got a job to do, we've got more things to do, more people to reach, and I'm praying this week, uh, or this year, that every single person that calls River Valley Minneapolis their home, that every single person would see somebody that they are in direct relationship with give their lives to Jesus. Do you believe that that's going to happen? As we invite our friends, as we invite our family and our co-workers I believe that we're going to see a move of God. We prayed for over 200 people at the altars. People that write on connect cards. We've been praying. We've seen miracles. Financial miracles. Relationship miracles. Provision and comfort and peace and confirmation. Confirmation down at this altar and so today if you have a need in a little bit we're going to call our prayer team down god is doing miraculous things here and we need people to understand that we are on mission we're not here just to do church or or to be a cool church or anything like that we are on mission to love every single person that walks through the door it doesn't matter what they look like it doesn't matter what they've done what they've said it doesn't matter what sin they're living in we will love them We will give them grace because it's not our job to judge them. Our job is just to love them and to serve them and to point them to Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. We have a young guy. I could share dozens of stories. As I close, we have a young guy that's been here since the beginning of this campus. And he went to our interest meetings. Absolutely incredible. He works a full-time job and he manages a bunch of different... uh, Apartment complexes and busy guy works, you know, fifty hours a week probably. Yet he serves on our setup tear down team and he's at the trailer at six AM and he's here every week. He's not here this week, that's why I'm sharing the story. But normally he's here. And uh every single week he's here helping set up, tear down, all that stuff. He leads a life group as well. He's got twenty people going to his house leading that life group. He's he meets with some of the guys on Saturday mornings it's at like 6.30 a.m., pouring into them, serving them, loving them. He's a youth leader, so he's going to Bible studies in the middle of the week to go do that. He's, he's involved in every single area that, that he could be, and I had a conversation with him uh, about a month ago, and, and he said, hey, Kirk, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous because I I... I'm starting to become more passionate about ministry than I am even my job. And I've got some big dreams my job. I don't feel called into traditional vocational ministry, but is that weird that I, I'm feeling more passionate about ministry than I am working? I said, no, that's, that's the goal. Every single person should be passionate about reaching lost people, about loving people, about pouring into people, understanding that every place I go, everything that I do, everything that I have, I, the people that are in my way, I'm gonna serve them, I'm gonna love them, I'm gonna give them everything that I have, God's doing a miracle in his life, and I'm praying for miracle after miracle after miracle. So as we close in prayer, I'd love to pray for anybody here that has never given their life to the Lord. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're here today, and you've never given your life to the Lord, and today you're saying, this mission stuff, this love stuff, I'm in. I want to be a part of this. Today is your day. You need to give your life to Jesus, saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. The crazy things about loopholes in love is that there is none. There is no loophole in love. We are called to love everybody. But when it comes to loopholes in living an eternal life and abundant life here on this planet, there is one loophole. And that's Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. No longer do we have to, to, to live perfect. We cannot save. We cannot save ourselves. We can't do it on our own. And so the loophole is the gift of God. And today you're here and you'd like to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to count to three and I'd just like you to lift your hand in the air. Or you're here and you'd you, like to rededicate your life to the Lord. Saying, Jesus, I've I've done my own thing. I've gone my own way. But today I'm making a decision to follow you. If you're here today, I'm going to count to three. Just slip your hand in the air, put it back down. You can slip your hand in the air and then put it back down. One, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, the Bible says that you are a new creation the old is gone the new has come three just slip your hand in the air right in this place yes I see your hand yes I see your hand yes I see your hand yes thank you yes put your hand in the air and slip it back down anybody else in this place anybody else in this place I don't want to miss it great let's all pray this prayer together dear Jesus I know I've sinned I know I've fallen short but today I give my life to you you are my Lord are my savior forever and ever amen